listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Dude, perfect that sandwich. Holy smokes. You weren't kidding. Uh, welcome in to, I like that, the Chris Plank Show starts now. Uh, don't don't want to get too carried away here. This is Bernie Fratto's Straight Out of Vegas. And I kid because Matt Stafford won the Super Bowl. Bernie took the week off. But let me let me break down the fourth wall to kick this show off. Just just a little bit of behind the scenes fun stuff for you. And I'll move on quickly from that sandwich. Did you make that by the way? I did. Yes. Dude, what is all in that? So you I never see. had muffaletta before? Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. So it's it's, it's like mortadella, ham, salami, uh I'm hungry. Sa- uh, olive salad, provolone and uh yeah. It's There's like a box of oh. cookies here in my studio. There's a good chance I could eat all of them as the show goes on tonight. Uh, but as I always say, the show starts with either a four-pack of Bushlight or two Monster Energies, and depending on how the first segment goes, we'll, we'll pick which way we go. But, Why but not allow- both? <laughs> well, because by hour number four, I would be making way too much sense probably. So here it is, breaking down the fourth wall. There was always that week in, I guess you could say, sports radio, if you want. There was that week where all the regular hosts took the week off, right? If if you're old enough to remember uh, Arnie Spanier on one-on-one sports or, I don't know, going, going back in the day with uh, Papa Joe Chevalier or whatever it was, the the week – of the World Series was the week when all of your regular favorite hosts got the week off, right? Somehow, some way, that week seems to have transitioned to this coming week in a lot of ways. Now, Colin's still in because Colin's a grinder. No days off, no days off, no days off, um, even though he has taken Friday off. But – I have a piece of advice because I feel like the timing of this show is prime time for when some dumbassery can take place, right? If you think about it, 11 p. on the West Coast, 1 a. in the Central Time Zone, God's Time Zone, 2 a.m. on the East Coast. This is where poor decisions can be made outside of those of us who are grinding away. So let me just start with a little plea. Again, this is now the old MLB All-Star Week where people take days off. I don't think DP is in this week. Uh, I don't think Jason Smith is in this week. I'm not saying it's like bust on him. Take your time, man. That's fine. And this is a week when there is nothing going on. The NBA has expanded the time off for its All-Star break to where I don't think they start playing again until March, somewhat being facetious. Um... I mean, I don't even know if Major League Baseball is on our radar right now. We'll get to that. The NFL has just kind of kicked off draft season and and free agency. I mean, I'm a hockey guy, but, you know, trying to talk hockey will get you laughed out of the building. NASCAR is just getting started kind of the same as hockey. If I try to go in-depth on the new car and how this has been a dominating weekend so far for Hendrick, most of you will look at me like I'm drunk. So it is a good week to take some time away from sports, if you will. So, 
let me start by saying athletes, college, pro, semi-pro, whatever, don't screw up this week, okay? That's, that's my word of wisdom to you to kick this show off. Now, I'm not trying because I got tons to get to. Listen, I'm fascinated with team building, the Brady saga. I mean, I'm, I'm still an old notepad guy. I got 20 pages of notes to get to for the show tonight. So I'm not asking for sympathy as far as the topic train is considered here this evening. I just get where we are in the sports calendar. If we are going, and I like to say this a lot because one of these summer, maybe the week I get to fill in when it is all-star game in Major League Baseball and there's legit no sports going on for three days, if we ever play baseball, uh, maybe we'll try to do this. But if you take sports weeks and you treat them like a depth chart and you go 1-52, to I think you'd have a hard time You'd have a hard time. Dusty Rhodes, hard times. You'd have a hard time finding a spot for this upcoming week that's anywhere near even the 30s. This is a very low action, minimal excitement, Super Bowl hangover, draft prep kind of a week. Hockey down the home stretch. So if you're in a hockey town, I get it. I'm sorry. But you know the national relevance is still not there. Unfortunately, you're Eddie Garcia's hockey minute and John Butchergrass talking hockey for like one segment on SportsCenter. Welcome to your hockey coverage. So again, take this and run with it, but not to the bar, not to, I don't know, your uh, your buddy's house, not to your drug dealer, just don't get in trouble this week because we are going to be some thirsty sports dudes looking for something to talk about by about Tuesday or Wednesday. By Wednesday, we'll probably start up Mount Rushmore conversations. <laughs> by Wednesday on Sports Radio, it's like, you know, uh, well, you know what is always good now? See, I'm, I'm from the old school, okay? I'm, I'm from that era of sports radio where when, when I started, it was always the the DH debate. Man, is a designated hitter, does it need to be in both leagues? Let's take your calls. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Hit me up. Here's the reasons why he should. Here's the reasons why he shouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we regressed to that by the midpoint of the week. But just stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble this week. I'm not saying that there's ever a good time. Now, I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying that you should break the law or do anything wrong. But if, you, if you're thirsty for headlines, it, this would be your week that if you're an athlete that it, you might want. I should rephrase that. If you're uh, wanting to stay out of the headlines and those of us who are thirsty for a headline story, stay out of trouble. Stay out of Malibu, Lebowski. So... I got you. That's my warning. We're all good. Welcome into Straight Out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Now, on the topic wheel tonight, I'm going to try to make a point about where baseball is in the pantheon of sports. I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to give it a shot because 
I don't think it's going well. I want to talk about the quarterback situation across the National Football League. Last year, and in fact, it's funny because whenever I was prepping for shows this weekend, I found one of my old notebooks from a show around this same time when the Super Bowl had wrapped up when we were debating about quarterback turnover. And there was the Adam Schefter quote in Peter King's Football Morning in America where Shefty said he thought there would be an upwards of 16 quarterback changes, and Adam Schefter took the over. And what's funny is of those teams that did change quarterbacks from 2020 to 2021, and I think it, I think I'll have to double check, but I think the number that it actually ended up being was 14, which is crazy if you think about quarterback turnover and retirements and injuries played a part in that too. But from quarterbacks that started or played a majority of the snaps in 2020 to 2021, you had a, you had 14 different starting quarterbacks in different places. And I think of those 14 teams that we had on the list last year, at the very least, maybe six of them are back in the quarterback market again this year. So I'm enamored with that. And listen, my beloved college football can't get out of its own way. It tries, but it just can't. And at some point tonight, we need to spend some time talking about where we are with college football playoff expansion. Yes, I know college basketball is going on. Yes, I know college and um, every level of diamond sports is just getting started. But... Everybody knows what pays the bills is football. Football pays the bills. Always has, always will. And we have got to find a way to figure this out in college football. Because I don't I thought Aaron Torres, I meant to mention something to him, but Aaron had a really good tweet earlier, and I think you're starting to see it. The playoff expansion isn't necessarily the key to making college football more competitive, right? Expanding the playoffs, you'll probably still end up with Alabama, Clemson, Ohio. And by the way, Clemson is going to be back. Ohio State, Oklahoma. You're still going to end up with the same teams constantly vying for that final four spot or a spot in the national championship game. Georgia now. What has to change is that commitment to college football from schools. And some might say, well, of course they're committed to college football. Everyone's committed to college football. It's the biggest thing on every campus. Are they? You know, I I felt like USC always had a good college football program, But had they really committed to doing the things necessary from the recruiting tools, from the budget, from the staff needs, had they really committed until they swung for the fences and hired Lincoln Riley? I don't think so. It it has, listen, I, I can speak to Oklahoma quite a bit. Had Oklahoma committed the way that it needed to before it was heading into the SEC? Maybe, but definitely now that knowledge is, all right, if you left because you didn't think we were ready for the SEC, just watch what we're going to do. And so far they're doing it. College football 
is going to become more competitive as schools like USC and Oregon's doing it and trying to do it and more schools in the ACC from the Florida States and look all across the Midwest, the um, Michigans of the world. It just They've got to continue to commit to the resources necessary to give their college football teams a shot in the modern era. I think that's the key to bringing back some competitiveness beyond, I mean, listen, you get competitiveness week in and week out. I think you guys know what I mean, looking at the national championship picture. I think that's ultimate first step. But to me, a major second step is expanding the playoffs. It's got to happen. And it's funny because this alliance is an alliance of convenience, right? The, the Big Ten comes out this past week. Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, and pretty much whatever Ohio State says, that's what the Big Ten's going to do, right? Gene Smith comes out and says, well, we're not really in favor of these eight conference games, so we're going to go back to nine. We're going to stay at nine, and we don't really know if these non-conference games against the ACC or the Pac-12 are going to do anything for us. So we're going to stick with our – and then uh, as soon as that happens, you're like, this alliance thing is done. And then the moment whenever you think the alliance has fallen apart, they come together to shoot down the playoffs. It's incredible. This thing has like nine – it's like a cat. It's got nine lives. But that's inevitable. Expansion is inevitable when it comes to the playoffs. But for right now, I think you're seeing what needs to happen to reestablish the competitive balance in college football. We'll go in-depth on that coming up a little bit later on in the show, though I just spent about five minutes going in-depth on it right now. I'm very passionate about college football. It's it's my 9 to 5. I love covering it. I love everything about it. I'm concerned about its future. I'm concerned about what NIL has and, and could still do to the uh, college football landscape. I'm concerned about who's running the show. Who's actually in charge of of enforcing the rules of college sports right now? I don't know. But I do know this this week was not a good look for a lot of people in, in college football, and we'll explain as the show rolls on. But when we come back, when we come back, I want to hit on what I thought was low-key the biggest story of the week. Not anything that we've mentioned so far on the show. I've given you your warning about staying out of trouble, athletes. Stay out of trouble this week because you'll end up all over the headlines. And you remember this, whenever some dude gets pulled over and gets arrested for like a weed possession, that's, I mean, uh, my gosh, that's like a hey how bad, it's like a speeding ticket anymore, and it's headline news because we got nothing to talk about. So I gave you that warning. We laid out the program with all the quarterback talk, but when we come back, when is a story truly a story and when isn't it we'll dive into what we learned from chief's kingdom this week and what's real and what is it next on fox sports radio fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio into a Sunday morning. We're here everywhere but the West Coast. Please be safe if you're out and about. I give this warning a lot. Uber, Lyft. I don't know. I guess there is a way that you can also ride share now through this incredible app I just discovered, Ways. So be smart. Don't make a decision tonight that can end up costing you your life, or at least where you are in life. Don't drink and drive. Uh, In the meantime, I was very, very greedy with that first segment, and I did not introduce the entire crew. Uh, You heard at the top of the hour, Brian Finley on updates. B. Finley, straight out of calling some volleyball tonight. Let's go. What was it? Big West? Yeah, Big West Volleyball down in San Diego. I was a little worried, Chris. It went just three sets. If it went an extra set, we might have been hearing some Steve DeSager in this 11 o'clock hour on the West Coast. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> That's not a short trip either, is it? No, it's a good to- good two hours. And usually, Chris, what they do, and I lucked out, is seemingly every night, overnight, on the 405, they shut it down for repairs that seemingly uh, have been going on since before forever. World War II. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So I avoided that. All right. Can, can I ask a, a dumb question? <laughs> well, okay. And this is very much in the weeds. Why are they playing their conference championship for a fall sport in the spring? Is this beach volleyball? So this is men's indoor. Ah, yeah. okay. Very good. Beach this, is about to start as well. But okay. Yeah. I'm a dummy. See, we don't have men's volleyball at OU, so that's right. Women's is always in the fall, so that makes sense. Good job. B. Finley on updates. Now, again, hour three, Brian. Big homework assignment coming up. Let's okay? do it. So don't get too... Don't get too carried away here tonight. <laughs> uh, as always, the man who is more like my co-host than the technical director, Chris Perfett, who just, what, is the sandwich gone? So gone now? It's it's gone. Oh my God. It's gone, and I'm going through the meat sweats a little bit right now. Did I just pound it through a cookie? Um, yeah, you were st- telling me about yeah. the, the sugar cookie. Yeah. Yeah, there's a sugar cookie from Potbelly's. Oh, um, if I, in fact, the cookie... I actually had one for breakfast, too. So, jeez. Let me tell you, 2022 was the year of no sweets for me. I'm not even kidding. I was not. And I'd done pretty nice English there playing. I had had, done pretty well, I guess I should say, to start the year. And then all of a sudden, and I don't eat a lot of sweets, right? All of a sudden, by week three of January, I'm eating – Brahms ice cream. I'm pounding oh, cookies. So yeah, it's it's not been good. Yeah, been I, good. I I don't eat a lot of sweets, but I I just so one of our other some one of the other guys we work with, Kevin Figures, he was just telling me like he's going down to New Orleans, and that just set off. I I know there's words like craving, jonesing, but I'm looking for like a specific noun in the either in the right. English language or borrowed from another language like Schadenfreude. That huh. describes a very I, I need it I need that word like shot at how Schadenfreude is to 
you know, taking pleasure in other people's pain, but I need a word for an intense craving for a very specific food. Cause that's what I was feeling all day before I made that muffaletta. I was like, I want muffaletta. I need muffaletta. I don't have it. The olive salad. Let me go make some, let me go get all the meats. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. So I Googled intense craving for, you know what? I probably should have not gone that direction. I should say, yeah, what choice is a, there is right, 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 right. Exactly. What is a word? What is a word for an intense craving for food? Um, no, nothing here. Nothing here that's good. No, it, but it's, it's a saying. specific thing. It's like you have something yeah. kind of like you with the cookies. Like yeah. there's a specific thing that you're like, I need to have this right now. Schadenfreude, by the way, pleasure derived f- by someone from another person's misfortune. Uh, I've never heard that Sean word. Freuda, there you go. A business that thrives on schadenfreude. Huh. That's pretty much our, our business. Huh. There you go. By the way, uh, it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, running the show tonight is Ricky Herrera, who, if I understand correctly, Ricky, you were overnights with Chris and the crew last night as well? Yep. Is the Friday night show into Saturday now the regular slot for you? Yeah, I'm with Brian and Anthony Gargano every week. That's right. I did Gargano's show with you guys a couple weeks ago, and that is when we got into the whole Matt Stafford conversation. In fact, I was looking during the break because, you know, this is the first show for Straight Out of Vegas since the Super Bowl, right? Um, last time that Bernie was on the air was pre-Super Bowl, and uh, I want to say a couple weeks before, I had filled in for Anthony, and we threw up a, a, a poll question. That was a very simple poll question. Uh, are Lions fans rooting for Matt Stafford? And again, you probably know by now, if you listen with any regularity, our go-to for Lions talk is Chris Perfett. He covers them as close as anyone, in my mind, closer than anyone else. And it was pretty impressive the numbers that centered around how many people were rooting for one Matt Stafford that were considered Lions fans. Now, it's an inexact science, right? Because I could sit there and say, oh my gosh, this poll proves that Lions fans are rooting for Matt Stafford. But Perfect, how many non-Niner, or excuse me, Lions fans might have jumped in voting on that, right? <laughs> it's It's just not the most exact way to look at it. But it was... It was pretty one-sided. I mean, it was like 70% were rooting for Matt um, for Matt Stafford. Leinert? I keep on I've I've said Matt Leinert. I've <laughs> said the Niners. What's well, going on? Well, I think we've here? got we've got good data besides your poll to back that up now because I think Detroit, like Michigan, Southeast Michigan was yeah. the number 3 market for the Super Bowl this year. 86.5% of you voted that Lions fans should be rooting for Matt Stafford. I think we went back and forth, too, on the wording of that. But, yeah, so it was kind of a cool week um, on the celebration side. I mean, it was kind of a wild week as far as the news cycle was concerned about the Super Bowl celebration. We went from thinking Matt uh, Matt Stafford was an a-hole to actually realizing that the photographer that fell was kind of the a-hole. And even before that, I saw plenty of people trying to put it to – Los Angeles is like, oh, how can you have such a, 
a small parade, fake fans there, all the rest. It's like, all right, they just moved back to to L.A. like a few yeah. years ago after being like even before they went to St. Louis, they were in Anaheim. Like this was kind of a nothing burger of a team. And unless you're a guy like Ben Maller, who's been, you know, covering kind of the the the, the sports of this, a fan of this town sports for ages and ages like I, I totally get that. Maybe, the, yeah, that that Super Bowl probably births a lot of Rams fans, especially young Rams fans. Right. They're not going to a parade on Wednesday in the middle of the week in the school calendar to the at the L.A. Coliseum. By the way, I, in scrolling through, and, and listen, I, I I've got to pay off my tease about this Kansas City Chiefs story, but in scrolling through my timeline to find that poll that we did a couple weeks ago. I, I did have to laugh because I was reminded of that horrible tweet that uh, the Kansas City TV station put out with the whole, we were not supposed to be here, Chiefs fans. Everyone doubted us. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I want to know what crying news person put that thing together with a, with a picture behind it of Patrick Mahomes. Everyone counted us out. Bro, you're the two C. Not everyone's the underdog. Anyway. Yeah, 80%. That's a pretty high number. And then to see the TV ratings that were attached to it in Detroit was really cool to see. But I got more Stafford talk and more Super Bowl talk coming up in just a bit. But I want to talk about this Chiefs story. What is a story? Not a story. But first, there is a lot going on, including the NBA's All-Star Saturday Night. Brian Finley is in the yes. house to get us caught up on everything. What's going on, B. Finley? Chris, I would rather watch you playing slam ball than watch the slam dunk contest at not this good weekend. Tonight, huh? No, not that great. Obi Toppin did win, so he has that to boast for. I will bit more interested in the three-point contest and Carl Anthony Towns won that with 29 points as far as him in that final round of his. Then of course later on for Sunday we've got the actual all-star game. We did have college basketball on Saturday and a ton of it to get to including number one Gonzaga getting the job done against Santa Clara 81 to 69. Drew Timmy 23 points and nine rebounds as the Zags have already just a little bit past midway in the month of February have taken the regular season title of the West Coast Conference. Number 13, UCLA pushes aside Washington 76-50. No Johnny Juzang out with a sore hip. It didn't matter. Jalen Clark stepping in with 25 points. Number 3, Arizona got a late three from Kirk Creesa to get themselves ahead and win against Oregon 84 to 81 number three Kansas withstanding West Virginia 71 to 58 as the Jayhawks have a two-game lead for first in the Big 12 number nine Duke has a one-game lead for first in the ACC after tattooing Florida State 88 to 70 number 10 Villanova finishing off Georgetown 74 to 66 Justin Moore scoring 15 of his 19 points in the second half also a victory for Florida as they ruin number two Auburn 63 to 62. The Tigers have actually lost back-to-back road games here under Bruce Bruce Pearl. And then I'll leave you with this, Chris. PJ Tour final round coming up later on Sunday, but we did have the third round on Saturday. The Genesis Invitational Joaquin Neiman has a three-shot lead. He is at 19 under. Jordan Spieth fired a 73 on Saturday, and he is all the way in a tie for 18th place. So there is a chance, but a slim margin that he makes his way back as they send it back to a man who probably could be a scratch golfer, at least in... Mm. 
my imagination. Maybe I'm wrong, Chris. Mine Maybe too. you are. No, no, thanks, Brian. I, I appreciate that. I love golf. I love golf probably more than my family. Uh, I'm kidding. But I just am terrible at it. There's like two or three sport, well, golf and bowling that I want to be good at, and I'm just terrible. Tennis and that pickleball, I, I, I'm just terrible at it. I, I'd rather, I guess, sit and talk about it. Chris, you can't go to Florida without playing pickleball. That sport is running that country, that country, that well, state. Some would say a country. Some would say but it's, it's definitely catching on there. Do you know what? I'm intrigued by it, but not every sport has to be on TV. I just, I, yeah. I love throwing bags, cornhole, beanbag, whatever you call it. Doesn't mean there has to be televised versions of it. I, I like, you know, you were joking about slam ball. Yeah. I like watching slam ball. Yeah. Or, or whatever that is. that the game with the little net and people bouncing off the net? I, I like it. I like playing it. Doesn't mean it has to be on TV. I love disc golf. You know what? There's a sport I can compete in. Disc golf. Um, it don't need to be on TV. Gosh, we don't need to be putting pickleball on TV. I draw the line there. I see you, Chris, as a great archery standout. I'd like to try. I'd like to try. I see so many people do it well, and then the one time I try it, it it's like it does. It, okay, I'm going to say it takes some strength to pull back that bow now, Finley. <laughs> it's not just for the weak of heart. That's just what I'm at. Uh, and everything, I, I would probably do what the crossbow and the crossbow, just pull it back and you shoot it. That's where I'd be great. But no, sports, um, fun to talk about. Not good at any of them. Not good at any of them. Now, uh, let, let me pose this as we roll in here on Fox Sports Radio on a Saturday night into a Sunday morning, early Sunday morning already on the East Coast. When is a story truly a story? When is it just internet BS? And listen, I took my FCC quiz so i know i can say the word in this safe harbor i'm just telling you perfect um but it's it's hard to delineate i guess would be the word when you buy into something and when you don't so let me give you an example from this past week we got basically the rest of this show now is asking that question are you buying this or are you not on a handful of stories and i want to start with one that I don't really know how to feel about. So let's go back in time a little bit, right? For those of you that are always prisoners of the moment and don't allow historical perspective to be included into any conversation ever, this current Kansas City Chiefs run that we've seen, four straight trips to the playoffs, or to the um, AFC Championship game, hosting all four, seven straight trips to the playoffs in general, eight of the last nine years. This was not typical for the Chiefs from about 1996 till, say, Patrick Mahomes got drafted. Or, or you know what, let me, let me rephrase that. Till Andy Reid got hired, and then they went to that next level when Patrick Mahomes got drafted. This is all perspective to say. And you know, Perfect, you're a good resource on this because you cover a team that, you know, where things haven't been necessarily going so well. And usually when things aren't going so well, what happens? Fans revolt. Fans get mad. And they know how. And that's fine. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying that's the reality of it. When things aren't going well, 
and you have a passionate fan base, usually it leads to some sort of action. If it's, what did we have? Have, have we had like pickets where fans will show up and protest outside of uh team offices and facilities you, you have that you've got online petitions you've got message boards well i say all that to say back in the mid 90s probably around 1996 this group came together called save our chiefs now again if you've been watching the chiefs recently you laugh a little bit at something called Save Our Chiefs because boo-hoo, buckaroo, you lost in the AFC championship game. Woe is us. It's not like you're becoming the Bills. You won the Super Bowl three years ago, but I digress. So this group, as you might imagine, has had to kind of pipe down for the better part of the last decade because things are going pretty well. But apparently... Allegedly, they came across some information because at the core, they're still saving their chiefs. And at the core of what they discovered, reported, wrote on, was that the problem in Kansas City isn't Andy Reid. It's not Brittany Mahomes or Jackson Mahomes. It's not the petulance at some times of Tyree Kill. It's not a rebuilt offensive line, nor is it a secondary that still needs some pieces uh, like one removing in Daniel Sorensen. No, it's none of that. It is Eric B. Enemy. And the problem with Kansas City dating back to the loss at Tampa Bay is the man that is the apple of every single NFL writer's eye when it comes to any job opening in this league. When we come back, Fox Sports Radio, let's go in depth on the accusations and whether or not you're buying it and then the inevitable disappearance of this story. It kind of went Kaiser so say on it. We'll go all in next here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Here we go. Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas. Chris Plank in for Bernie Fratto, who is taking the night off with you until... 6 a Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific time. And we're we're talking about we're talking about the story that I don't even know what website you would say it appeared on. It it found itself on my timeline because It was like a medium post, wasn't it? Yes, I think you're right. It just and it was it was well done. I mean, it was well written. There was a lot of, according to team sources, and, you know, Matt Verderam, who is a regular with us here on Fox Sports Radio with Arnie and I on Sunday nights, uh, I called and talked to Matt a little bit on Thursday night. And, you know, Matt covers the Chiefs close. So in this story, which basically, oh, gosh, Profet, I'll be filling any blanks here. I claim the enemy doesn't listen to the players that they had a plan in place last year heading into Super Bowl week and Bienemy came in after a week of interviewing for head coaches jobs and pretty much tore up that whole plan and said that's not going to work. 
Um, oh, that he was the one that uh, botched the end of the first half, even going as far as, as telling Patrick Mahomes that he had a timeout, that he and Mahomes don't like each other, and they've had a falling out. Uh, basically, I mean, I, I saw someone joke and went as far as where they almost made it sound like uh, Eric Bieniemy went out and told D4 to line up offsides. You know, it's just it was basically putting a lot at the feet of Eric Bieniemy, and uh, it it presented some issues that he's had when it comes to interviewing. And the reason why he doesn't have a job right now, it, well, I meant when, well, he doesn't have a job right now. You know, he's out of contract with the Chiefs. That's right. Yep. Um, so it's kind of shocking that while he didn't get a head coach's job, that he didn't find himself interviewing for any other offensive coordinator jobs. And, hey, may- maybe coaches know that Bienemy is going to stay at Kansas City. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But anyway, that there's any of the other kind of claims in this that stood out to you? Not really. I, I think we my, hammered them all, right? I, my my warning lights came on pretty quickly when I was reading it. Because me too. Me like, too. I, I think first off, the the Save Our Chiefs guys were glad handing themselves a little bit too much, <laughs> and I'm kind of wary of anyone claiming the sources that they were right for something that was as detailed as they were putting out. I I don't dispute maybe that they probably heard these things, but as I know from covering. Like I learned this when covering the University of Michigan. Like sometimes guys just get lied to a lot sure, for sure. one reason or another. They get fed just the the output of a game of telephone, and it just it's messy. But it was so detailed and it was so torrid that it was almost it was like it was almost too good to be true. The details that were being thrown into this, right? Like yeah, this idea absolutely. that an offensive coordinator would be deliberately tanking a game is just, I, I've never heard of it. And to be honest, like I, I think we would have heard it, heard of it from more sure. insider sources if that had been the case. Cause that would have been like a cardinal sin. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just, this story comes out and it blows up so much. I brought up Verderam. He peppered the guy on a Twitter spaces that they did. And it got to the point where the article was then scrubbed from the internet. Well, you know, all of us know, outside of Chris Rock's first pitch at a baseball game, at a Mets game, everything else is still out there on the internet. You can find anything. Um, so that that's a big warning to me. Now, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, right, you want to be – in the weeds on this, you could say, well, of course it got taken down. The team saw it. They threatened him, which is funny to me. But here, here's what I come away from it with, and this is kind of my thought. I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a head coach's job right now because an offensive coordinator that has been a part of a team that's gone to four straight AFC championships, two Super Bowls, and has won a Super Bowl crown during that run, deserves to be a head coach. So there's a lot of reasons probably why he isn't a head coach. I don't think a single one of them involve anything involving deliberately screwing things up or some of the accusations that are made in there. Will he be back with Kansas City next year? Maybe not. Maybe not. But it just it kind of shows you how some of these stories can take on a life of their own 
And then the next thing you know, you look up and you're like, whoa, what? how did this thing end up blowing up so big? And then other stories just kind of die on the vine that might be even more interesting or more entertaining. But as it stands right now, articles gone, scrubbed from the net, or at least tried to. Eric Bieniemy's looking for a job. Will he be back with the Chiefs? We'll see. And Patrick Mahomes, oddly, didn't say anything about that story, but did say that he definitely did not tell his wife or girlfriend to stay away from Chiefs games. <laughs> he shot down one rumor, didn't shoot down the other. Make of that what you want. It was a wild week on the internet. Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, Chris Plank in for Bernie Fratto.